Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Goldmines, where we do what, people? At this point, you should be saying it with me. We get inside the minds of amazing comedians or people who simply embrace the world of comedy. And oh my God, today... Well, today will be no different. When you're talking about the mind of funny, when you're talking about a mind with levels, you're talking about a mind with stages, you're talking about a mind that's fucking magnificent. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Not only am I a fan of this guy before I before I welcome to the show, I gotta honestly say, like, he he's done it right, man. You know, like when it comes to comedy, this guy has done it right. The fucking choices, the characters, the movies. Uh, he's never not made me laugh. More importantly, I've never not been envious of some of the things you've done. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Danny McBride to the show. What's going on, man? Not much. That's a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's fucking true, Danny. I got to be honest with you. I, I am such a fan of your work and the characters that you have been able to bring to life. We're going to, we're going to get into them and I want to know how some of them, uh, you know, came to, but dude, Eastbound fucking, when I tell you, Danny, this guy, there's something that comes, it's, it's pure joy that you get out of playing a dickhead, like just an <laughs> asshole, like, 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 and I know, I know how much fun I've had when I've been able to play a dickhead. Like when I do Real Husband of Hollywood, you get to be a dickhead. And it's like an excuse to be one. For you, uh, the embracing of playing these 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 guys that are assholes, the cocky assholes, the dicks, the self-centered guys, um, where does the love for that come from? Like, is it on purpose? Do you know you do that well? Tell me where, where it comes from. You know, I feel like it's just the kind of shit that makes me laugh, you know, like, uh... <laughs> When I just always prefer like an anti-hero, I, I, I don't, I like prefer to watch people that are just fucking train wrecks. Like I don't really laugh at people who have their shit together. I like to laugh at people who are a, a fucking shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> now what I want people to understand about you, man, is that you're very much uh, a creative, you know, you're not just the work for hire. You're a guy that likes to kind of get behind the scenes and, and when it comes to developing the stories, when it comes up to developing the ideas, uh, you've you've done that. You've, you've done it and you had a lot of success in doing it. When did that click for you that you could kind of, you know, get out of just being the work for hire in this town and, and be a part of the creative process and bring things to the table? You know, I went to film school, like not even to, for acting, just I went there to uh, for writing and 
directing. So I, that was sort of my introduction to the business was wanting to do that. And then I, you know, my buddies that I went to school with, we made this movie, The Foot Fist Way. And that just opened up all these doors for acting. And I liked doing it. It was a lot of fun, but I kind of, uh, I don't know. I found more enjoyment from bringing stuff to life that I had sort of created. So just started kind of doing that. You know, you and I shared screen time together way back in the beginning of our Drill career. Bit Taylor. And Drill Bit Taylor. Drill Bit Taylor. Yes. Drill Bit <laughs> fucking Taylor, man. Come on, milk it. That was the second time I got a paycheck for acting. You got it. You came in. You got to milk it, buddy. You got to fucking milk it like a cow. I, I fucking, yes, I remember. I'm telling you, you know, I followed your career closely, man. And, you know, there was a moment where it really started picking up. But, but you were, you were fucking such a, you were such a beast on, on, when it came to the improv and when it came to dominating the screen, um, you know, whoever had to, whoever had the opportunity to kind of be by your side ended up either benefiting by you giving and taking or just sharing uh, within the success of that moment. And, you know, the, the comedy team that we've kind of come from, right? When I say comedy team, I'm talking about the, the world of, of, of comedy within film, right? When you talk about Seth Rogen, when you talk about, um, let's go down to fucking the Franco train, let's go to- You got like, you got like Jonah and- Jonah, there you go, Jonah Hill. Craig Robinson and Michael Sarah and this whole gang of misfits. You and, you and Craig are great together, by the way. Michael Sarah, uh, Jay, um, Baruchel. I mean, the list goes on and on, man. It, it, was, it was almost like a, it was almost like a comedy troupe that never branded themselves as a name or as a thing, which is kind of weird because when you think about like the Upright Citizens Brigade and all of these places that specialize in that, well, this was a real fucking troop um, that kind of stuck together. Was there ever a discovery for you like in the business when you said, oh fuck, like I'm taking off. Like I'm, 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 I'm now like, it's starting to fucking happen. My name is in more conversations. Oh, I'm I'm about to be a fucking star. Like it's about to happen. Did it did it when did that click or did it ever? You know what? I feel like it took me a long time to kind of realize it. I, I think that uh, you know, I, I guess just like not growing up with money or anything, anytime you get opportunities, you're just sort of like, Well shit, I have enough money now that if I don't make it, I'm gonna have to fucking take a job, you know, and never be embarrassed that I failed. <laughs> Anytime there was any success, I was like, well, I definitely can't go back to bartending now. I'll be, I'll be laughed at. Uh, <laughs> and so I feel like a lot of it was just sort of 2006, I think, is where I started, like, booking my first jobs. And then, I mean, it was pretty crazy. I think there was, like, one summer where Pineapple Express, Tropic Thunder, and the Foot Fist Way all came out within, like, three weeks of, of each other. And so it definitely started to get weird when I would, like, go to bars or go to restaurants and start to be recognized and uh you know yeah i mean it was it was it was wild it really was and you know when we made eastbound and down we shot four seasons to that and we shot it in the same town in wilmington north carolina and you could really see the progress depending on like how much we could go out when we would come back each season you know the first season we're shooting and going to every bar in town and having fun and the second season it's like oh it's, it's getting a little wild we can't go to all the places we used to and then by the fourth season we're all like married nobody goes out because we can't go out anymore yeah 
<laughs> you said now you said like you didn't come from money where you from i grew up in uh i was born in georgia i grew up in virginia okay and uh brothers sisters yeah i got two sisters how, how did they handle your success when it started to happen i think they were i think they were cool i think you know like that was the thing is that the kind of characters i was becoming known for the shit is pretty raw you know and so like my my you know my one sister like you know participates in her church and is pretty active in her church. So I think there might've been a little <laughs> bit of humiliation with her. And uh, <laughs> my, uh, my youngest sister uh, works, uh, she's worked, she works in the camera department. So she's, uh, she's sort of like uh, this success has been able to kind of like allow her to peek behind the curtain and she got interest in this as well. So now she works on set, like in, you know, different movies and stuff. But so I think she dug it, but uh, I think it was an adjustment for like everybody in my family, everyone around me, you know, I grew up in this small town in Virginia. I mean, I didn't know anyone who even worked in the film industry, let alone anyone who was kind of known. I, uh, I went back to Virginia last week for Thanksgiving to go catch up with my sister. And I went into the, the mall there and they have this wall that like talks about all the crazy shit that's happened in history in Fredericksburg. It's like George Washington was here and all this shit. And then there they had me, 1995, Danny McBride graduated from high school here. So I made the fucking You're wall, fucking where, all on the, the wall. <laughs> where all the historical figures have been, have been mentioned. By the way, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than going home and seeing something, something that shows that you were here, something that shows that this town and city appreciate you. I'm gonna give you something to laugh at. I recently went back to my high school, right? And I'm like, yo, you know, I haven't been back. They've asked me to to come back. I was coming back to give something to the school and talk to the kids. And I got, you know, I got my friends with me. I'm like, you know, this is gonna be crazy because I know, I know that there's gonna be something in the school, you know, about me. Like they're gonna have up probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe a mural, who knows? <laughs> A mural would be nice. My fucking jersey from when I played, but you know it's a big deal that I that I came from George Washington. So I'm curious to see how this pans out. I get there, there is absolutely no proof that I went to this fucking school. <laughs> I said I'm one of the biggest stars in the world, and all all I wanted was to come to my high school and see something. There's I'm not in a trophy case. They don't even have my class picture up. I said, is there anything that y'all had? They said, no, people know, though. People come here and say that you went. Yeah, there's nothing. I didn't make the fucking wall, Danny, so good for you. I'm glad that you have the wall. Um, <laughs> talk about success, man. You said, you know, look, I came from this small town. There was no, like, real interest in the beginning or 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 there it wasn't what you were seeking after you know success comes fast right so with success the money uh the fame it all happens kind of kind of fucking quick how did you handle that like when you say you started to like get noticed and 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 people started to you know oh shit that's danny mcbride etc was there ever a point where it was too much for you did you ever feel like you had to step back from it or were you always able to kind of be comfortable within the monster that hollywood provides or presents it definitely was an adjustment i feel like uh definitely was an adjustment i mean i can remember like i used to when i was just start out in LA, like my favorite thing to do would be just to go get stoned and walk around Amoeba or something like that. And then you start doing that and you're just like, is this dude following me? What's this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> like getting in your head and uh, again, it, you know, like I'm kind of a, you know, weirdly I'm kind of like more of an introvert. I'm sort of like a, you know, I don't know. I'm not uh, an extroverted person really. So that sort of idea of, of kind of being comfortable talking to strangers and being approached by strangers. And, you know, it took a little bit of adjusting to for sure. Uh, 
yeah, you know, like uh, it, it definitely was an adjustment. But I, I was really lucky, you know. I uh, <clears throat> all my buddies that I went to film school with that I made the flip this way, we all, you know, kind of branched off in our own direction. But everybody was sort of kind of finding success around the same time, so it was kind of nice to be able to uh, to sort of feel that with friends and kind of be there to sort of keep each other in check as well. Like if anybody started sort of you know get a little too big for their britches there was like a few other people there to be like you know settle down <laughs> yeah you had a nice foundation you had a good foundation yeah. of people that that acted as uh you know that core that and that core is important I, I think without it it's a it's a tough thing right it's a it's a real it's a real tough task of managing uh in hollywood without a nice group of people around you to help manage that you know we're now talking about after success right we're talking about it happening fast and you get hit with the fucking the the title of a star i want to know about the 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 lows like i think the the beauty of this podcast for me is getting getting to know the real person right getting behind the 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 idea of what's been presented for so many years were there ever any lows that the business presented to you that um that you had a tough time dealing with you know i think a lot of it just had to kind of do with with like kind of coming up with what your own idea of like success was with the project you know i mean it's kind of crazy when you put so much energy into making something i feel like once you've made something there's nothing more like anticlimactic than it coming out you know it's like I, you always kind of think that the whole world's mm -hmm. gonna like turn and look at you and like wonderful work you know but it, you know like you know luck most of the time they don't say that and then most of the time even just culturally things there's so much shit out there that you know, something you've invested two years of your life in, eh, you know, people go and see it and, you know, but there's not like that sort of one moment where it's all like you're rewarded handsomely for what you've done. And even with like reviews and stuff, you know, like when you make something that you kind of feel proud in, then there's a bunch of strangers taking pot shots at you. Like, you know, I would find myself in the shower, just like having these fucking arguments with like strangers that I've never met, like this motherfucker said this, but you know, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I kind of just started to realize that, uh, you know, that like, what did I care really? I didn't know any of these people. And like that the kind of joy I was sort of finding in making stuff was literally the joy of making it, you know, like the, I, once it comes out, I mean, it's awesome for something to be successful or to be met uh by your peers by fans excite with excitement but i started realizing that it wasn't like necessary for what was really making me stoked like what was mm -hmm. making me stoked was just the opportunity to work with people or create stories and bring it to life and once i started focusing on that i mean it's kind of like you know i'm not on social media i don't read i, I just kind of don't pay attention to anything i just kind of keep uh trying to focus on what i want to do and it's been nice. That's been uh, that's been awesome. And I feel like it's like a healthier, it's been a healthier like mindset for me to be in, to not just be so sort of worried about the perception of things and just sort of do what my gut's sort of telling me to do. I've never really fed into the the idea of, you know, you can tell me what's good and not good. Right? Like I and I and I know that that's the world, of course, of journalism. That's the world of um uh critics right their job is to critique but i kind of i kind of adapted this mindset early on that you know the the interesting thing about what we do is that it's specific to us right like it's specific to your talent to your feeling and your want and if you're able to put your mind to something 
and started and created and presented, right? You, you, you did something like you, you achieved the goal, uh, within self. Now in doing that, if this thing is viewed and is not looked at or, or really liked, uh, at the highest level, it doesn't take away from your ability to start something and finish it, which is the biggest problem, you know, in society, right? The biggest problem with people, uh, in the world is how many people can actually start something and finish it? How many people know how to begin and end? And that's that's where I think the that's where I think the fucking the the seesaw doesn't have the proper balance. It's like, well, you know, I can't be judged by people that don't do shit or don't want to do shit. Like I can't, I can't allow those things to kind of affect me. That's, you know, that's not taking shots at people. That's just taking shots at those that love to fucking critique at the highest level of negativity. And, you know, granted that comes with what we do, but it's never really altered my care for what I do. So hearing you say like, you know, motherfuckers, I was in the shower. I remember when I almost, you know, <laughs> when I almost had that moment, like I almost had a moment where um, a, a critic, like they were, they were destroying me. It's like a movie early on and everyone was bad. Every fucking review was bad. Nothing was good. And you know, the project came out and then the fans had gave it an A score and they loved it. And I was like, well, what? who are they like if the fans or the people like if they're happy then why there's a disconnect somewhere along the line between this and that and once i realized that, that disconnect is 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 so far apart i stopped giving a fuck i've given a fucking a long time and a long fucking time yeah that's how i am too and i feel like the quality of criticism too is like declined you know it <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like you used to have like these scholars, you know, and so it was almost like evaluating art. And now it just kind of feels like any, you know, anybody fucking has an opinion on everything that, you know, it does sort of like it's it's that give and take that like you need there to be discussion around what people are creating because it creates a reason to see things, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I think you're right. It's like creators doesn't do much good to like dance around in that pool and, no, like you said. <laughs> and really kind of like try to craft things for them or yeah, now you got Joe from the basement giving you reviews. This is Joe <laughs> from the basement and we go, uh, man, you see this horse shit. <laughs> you, got, you got, you got just your regular fucking Joe blow. Just really just doing, doing the most. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, 
what are you working on now? What are you doing now? We just finished uh, shooting the Righteous Gemstones, the new season of that. So that oh comes out in January. Season what? Is it season three? It should be season three, but it's season two because we got shut down for uh, COVID. We uh, we were starting to shoot the second season, and then we uh, we were two days into shooting when uh, when all hell broke loose, and then we we. Finished. Oh my yeah. god. That's a hell of a cast, man. That's a hell of a cast. Oh, thank you. Killer group that that's comes together for. It really is. Everybody in there is really, really funny and just good people too. For my listeners, man, if you have not uh if you have not seen Righteous Gemstones, um, you're 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 in for such a treat. I challenge you all to go and watch it. I mean, it's such a good play just on the world of religion, right? And you do it, they do it tastefully. Like, you know, it's not it's not attacking uh a religion. It's really just it's about the world of the super church you know the 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 mega church is that what they call them mega the mega church yeah. so uh was there what was the inspiration for the characters did you pull from any of the the preachers out there is a little joel osteen in there is there somebody who who's who's in there for you who did you watch you know we i was watching a little bit of everybody at the time you know and I, I moved to charleston south carolina about a little over four years ago and uh why charleston you know i had never even been before we shot vice principals down here and i lived here for like six months and just sort of fell in love with it I, the people here were so awesome and i just like the beaches here the uh there's so much like the intercoastal and the food is just incredible and uh also all the guys that i work with on vice principals you know we were here for six months everyone had kids around the same age everybody's kids were just little and we just had this sort of six month period here where our kids were just like running around, riding bikes, hanging out at the beach, just like having this completely cool existence. And I got back out to Los Angeles and it was sort of like, I felt like the people that lo in, in Lost that like left the island, like we're all kind of like looking at each other, like we got to go back, you know? And uh, wow. we all kind of checked in with each other and everyone was kind of feeling the same thing. And so all the dudes went on a trip for a weekend and scouted it out. And then all the wives went on a trip and scouted out. And then we all sort of met and we're like, hey, does everybody want to move? Yeah, we moved through like 10 families. Get the fuck out of here. That's so fucking dope. So wait a minute. So so literally just the the people and were were these other actors and actresses that were in um, Vice Principals or was it the crew, um, you know, just a, a variety? Yeah, it was the guys I direct with and write with and some, some writers, some actors, like, you know, it's kind of our like core crew and everyone just said, yeah, let's give it a shot and see what's going on. And we went down here and we pushed all of our work here. We shot uh, Halloween down here. We shoot gemstones here. So we've been able just to push all of our work here and live here man it's it's just been unreal it's been incredible dude that's so dope danny i'm so serious that's so dope because you realize you realize that the business can revolve around you right i mean when you're at a certain point you can take create um and make the things make sense uh that you want to make sense but i love i love going to a place falling in love with a place and it says a lot about you know south carolina i mean goddamn if you have the ability to turn people from los angeles to south carolina that says a lot about uh your city and state so shouts out to you charleston south carolina for being fucking amazing to make danny go fuck los angeles he said he went back he went back to los angeles and said we're getting out of this shit show uh and I'm quite sure the cost of living makes so much sense down there as well, man. Just uh, from a practicality standpoint, I'm I'm willing to bet the opportunity for life is just so dope. And I like that it was all based on your kids and your kids having a good time as well. That's dope. Yeah, me, my, my wife and I were just sitting in this little bar, uh, you know, uh, 
in this little neighborhood and we were sort of like just talking about like what do we want to do do we want to move here we're we gonna like uproot here because my wife is from los angeles so she grew up there and uh all of her family's out there and uh we just like looked out the window of the bar there was this group of like 10 little dudes probably between the ages of like 7 and 12 on skateboards with like fishing poles just cruising down no parents in sight and i'm like yeah, let's move here. Like I'm teaching my kid how to ride a bike up off of Mulholland. He's like, his ass is never going to ride this bike anywhere. What's he going to do up here? Not down, not down Mulholland. No, not down (laughs) Mulholland at all. So, so is that where, so you're there and, and, and what was it a, was it a high level of the, of the mega churches there in Charleston? There, there was just a lot of churches, you know, that was what was kind of cool is like, you know, growing up in Virginia, it's like, I kind of had just forgot about how, uh, prevalent like church is in place in you know places outside mm-hmm. of big cities and you know churches everywhere and every other station on the radio was religious so it just kind of got me thinking about church again and you know I used to go to church all the time when I was a kid my parents were like Sunday school teachers and so we were always involved in church when I was a kid and uh and I was just curious like well, what's church like now you know and so I started kind of like looking at these mega churches and they were seeming less and less like the church I sort of grew up with and more just like rock shows and then it just started kind of feeling like like a pretty fun like place to set some uh, a TV show. <laughs> but you know what I like? Here's what makes me laugh because in any in anything that you create, especially in TV, you know you have to have your antagonist, right? And 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 it's who who's the bad? Where where's the world of bad coming from? And I love I love the bad guys. <laughs> In righteous, in righteous gyms, like I love, the, I love, I love the the scheme, you know. In season one, I don't want to give away too much, but you know, when when you had the bad guy, the bad guy's like fucked up. This guy, everything happened to him from the leg, like you know, after his injury, without giving it away. And there's nothing funnier to me than a guy. It's almost like, like in Home Alone, you know, when these guys were so banged up and they had like the neck brace, the cast, and still, and they're still trying to come and follow through with with the mission later on like we have a bad guy that's so determined to do the bad shit totally that he doesn't realize it's it's not gonna happen it's like but he's determined like for me that's where some of the best comedy lives man and i think you guys have just done a really good job of of capturing it you've done a good job of 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 you know um what's it called when you when you do it you're not mocking but what's the cool word when you're doing a um spoof was is it spoofing it's not spoof whatever it's like humping you know parody parody (laughs) you guys have done a great job of 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 parodying um this world and and it's done tastefully and respectfully so dude kudos to you i'm glad you guys are coming back for another season uh movie wise right what what are we doing there are we are we still in love with the world of movies or has tv kind of taken its toll and become your happy place you know I, i definitely like working with tv but uh i yeah i like movies too you know i'm getting ready to go head down to thailand for uh, about six weeks to go work with Gareth Edwards, the guy who directed uh, Rogue One, to work on this uh, okay this science fiction movie in Thailand. So that should be pretty cool. I haven't been to Thailand before, so I'm yanking the kids out of school, and they're gonna get a fucking education. <laughs> Are you big with the uh, with the family being with you whenever you go um, on location? Like you do you set up the family for the duration of the project, or or is it kind of like a in and out thing for you? 
You know, it's uh, it's it's kind of different on each thing. You know, when they were younger, we would kind of bring them along. But then once they start getting school and finding their friends, they're like less interested in just sitting around in a hotel, like you know, in the middle of nowhere. And so, uh, absolutely, that's kind of why that was another reason why I kind of was digging the idea of being here is that. I just feel like with me and my buddies, it's like they let us make stuff, but they barely let us make it. So we always have to go to some rebate state or something. So every time I would book work when I was in LA, it was always leaving to go somewhere else to shoot it. And so mm-hmm. that's part of when we were thinking about South Carolina, like, you know what, we, we're going to have to come here to shoot the show anyway. Let's just set up our lives here and we won't have to leave. And it was wild. It was the first time I'd ever worked and lived in the same place. Like I would go home at the end of the night and sleep in my bed and, uh, and I was so used to not doing that. You know, I was so used to just being on location and, you know, you're sleeping in hotel rooms or some Airbnb or anything. And it was nice. It made it feel like it was like a regular job. But, uh, you know, I went and I went to Australia to shoot uh, Alien Covenant a few years ago. And I, mm-hmm. I went down by myself. I, I, I left the kids and my wife here in Charleston and I was there for almost three months and man I just I just hated it it's like I like working on that movie and I like being a part of it but I hate it just sort of missing all of the shit that was going on at home and you know all it takes is like one teary-eyed FaceTime from my son or my daughter and it's just like what am I doing I'm just like <laughs> what the hell has my life become you know what's crazy man is like it's so different for for everybody right and I think you know with my kids it's different because my my kids have kind of been conditioned, right? Stand up comedy, it it really it it conditioned. Yeah, yeah, my kids they know dad, you know, dad's in and out. And it doesn't make it better. I think as you as you get older, we're both at an age now. How old are you, Danny? I'm uh 44 years old. Yeah, you're two years older than me. I'm 42. So we're we're both at this age where, you know, we're starting to look we look at life through a different lens and the things that really matter. Like you're talking about, you went to go film and you saw kids on skateboards and bikes and you said, fuck that, I need to be here because your your priorities are driven towards your family and the opportunities for them. And it's a weird, it's a weird shift um, that happens in life when you get here. But I, I know that my younger self on the road, gotta go, whatever. It's not even a second thought. Older me, I'm the same way and just thinking like, well, how how's this gonna affect me being home? And you know, when can I film? Where can I film? So I make things happen close to home. If I can't be home, well, you know what? I do it during a time where they can either come for three weeks and go back or they come on the weekends. But then I've also realized that that time when I am filming a movie, that time away is like, it's almost like a boot camp for me. I treat it like boot camp, Danny. Like when I go do these movies, I lock in mentally, whether it's the working out, it's my morning regimen, um, diet, whatever. But you come home and you're, it's quiet for some of the few times in my life. Like, you know, because I got so much going on, when I do these movies, I'm honestly unavailable. I'm unavailable. So that shut off time, that shut off time for me is fucking, is dope to, to actually go into a hotel room and it's quiet, you know, that's a, that's a thing. I don't get that thing often. So, you know, when I do do that, it's it's one of the ones where I gotta not fall in love with it too much. And I'm even honest with my wife. I'm like, babe, I'm like, babe, she's like, you good? You you miss us? And I'm like, well, 
I'm like, not yet. I will. I will. You know, I just got here, just started. So, you know, after week two, three, I think I'm going to fall into a heavy, I miss you state. But right now, you know, I'm kind of just settling in, just enjoying the quiet. It's, it's all right. But that, I think just for how my mind works and how it's constantly racing, um, I think I need that from time to time for sure. And there's some benefits to that too. I mean, I definitely, you know, when I've been on location for things, it's nice because it, it does give you that focus that like your whole life is geared towards this right now and like in, in, in achieving this. And that's kind of all you think about. And it is good. There is good to have that sort of uh, that focus for sure. But I mean, look, the impact that your family has on you is is strong. And, and I love that. I love that you have that. I love that you're, you're a family first guy. Um, you know, the question that I have for you is that, have you always been that? Or, or did you, did you discover that you had to become that, you know, like with, with the marriage right off the back and kids, how, how old are your kids now? My son is, uh, is 10 years old and my daughter is turning seven in two days. So they're, uh, so dope. yeah, they're at a really fun age right so now. Dope. Yeah. I mean, I had no clue. I mean, I wanted to have kids and everything, but I had no idea what it was going to be like or how, what kind of dad I would be or anything. I mean, I, I really didn't like have a clue then. Yeah, I mean, once I had them, I just started kind of like, uh, I don't know, certain things would feel right and certain things wouldn't feel right about how I was kind of uh, behaving. Like, man, I'm someone who's so focused on my work all the time, too. Like, that was another reason why I kind of wanted to get outside of Los Angeles for, just for myself was, you know, I had so much fun in L.A. And it was such an awesome place to go through my 20s and 30s and I met my wife there. I loved it, but I kind of found myself there like so focused on what I was doing all the time, you know, like whether it's like driving mm. to work and there's billboards of what everyone else is doing. I, I, I feel like my focus was so intense on it. And, uh, and I don't know, there was, there was something about when I came to South Carolina, I just kind of put what I did more into perspective that I'm like, Oh, I'm just like entertaining people. Like most people don't even really keep track of all this shit. Like they're just like living their mm -hmm. lives and working. And what we do is just like entertainment. It's just something on the fucking weekends to take their mind off of what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And there was something about getting out of the city and like putting my job in perspective that just made me like it more. Like, I don't know. I just, I felt like I liked what I was adding to the world. And I also kind of felt like, if it went tits up, it wasn't also the end of the world, you know, like that it's this, you know, these, it can be so hard sometimes when I think you're, for me, when I was in the city, I'm just really feeling like everything needed to work and it all needed to land and then kind of getting outside of it a little bit. And I don't know, just taking cues from people who have nothing to do with the entertainment industry and the kind of stuff they're doing with their kids and what they're exposing them to. And uh, I don't know, I feel like it was starting to make me feel a little bit more rounded about how all this stuff works and, and, and what sort of, Person I to be. You can't be more present. Like you can't be more present. You can't be more aware. And you know, I think I think it's 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 definitely a thing where you just go like, "Fuck, man!" Like you know, am I am I am I lost in this? Uh, is this affecting my person, my character? And if so, how do I make sure that it's not? at the highest level, right? Like, how do I not get lost at the highest fucking level? And I, I love that you had the fucking wherewithal to go, you know what? It's getting out of here. It's getting out of here and going someplace else just to make me a little more conscious and aware. Life is a highway. 
And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. One more question on the family stuff, because I, I, I didn't ask, I asked about the kids. How long have you been married? Uh, how long have you been married? I got married in, uh, in 2010, so 11 years now. Good for you, man. Congrats. And with the group that you guys moved to, have you guys, like, dedicated uh, a time of year, like, to do something together? Like, do you guys have a time that you guys all get together? Is it during the holidays? Is it, you know, is it is it during the summer? Is there a picnic? Is there anything that you guys hold? We see each other like literally like every day. Like I live like a few houses down from these, uh, from some of these dudes. And so like everybody, I mean, it's crazy. Like we, it's just, it was like, we were pilgrims that, uh, <laughs> that, that instead of going West, we went East and, uh, but we're, I see all these cats like every day. It's cool. We got a, an office in Charleston that we run our production company rough house out of. And so we'll fly people out from LA to work in the writer's room out there. And we just, uh, yeah, we just kind of, I don't know, it's easy. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It's a well-oiled I can't wait to come back to fucking Charleston so I can just pop up on y'all. <laughs> I can't fucking wait just to, just to come up. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I, I, this is where you got it. Guess what? I just got a house on the block just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Uh, I want to get to just, you know, who who inspires Danny McBride? You know, I love to, you know, get get a, a grasp on who has motivated or inspired you uh, in any type of way in this business to help you do what you're doing. You know what? Weirdly, I think it's like mainly been like filmmakers and stuff, you know, like even when I grew up, I didn't really have a. I wasn't like specific to like, oh, I want to get into comedy. I really just was interested in just like telling stories and just, you know, I mean, I was like a kid who was so uh, fascinated by movies and TV. Like, I just like loved it. I mean, you know, we didn't have, we didn't even have pay cable or anything. And I would like set the fucking VCR to like record like scrambled signals of TV shows because, you know, movies and listen to them and, uh, you know, I would go with my parents to pay the cable bill because I thought that like, that's where shit was made, you know? And I'm like, looking like they're making that in there. What the hell is, <laughs> what is that? And, uh, but I just have always sort of loved it. So, I mean, like the filmmakers I grew up on, I mean, anybody, you know, and it's all sorts of genre, anything from like Scorsese to John Hughes, it's all just stuff that, uh, I don't know, that just captured my imagination. And so as I got older, that's what I wanted I to do it. is just tell stories and, you know, get people's minds pumping and working. And, uh, and then I think after, you know, just, yeah, I guess it's like really looking at those filmmakers. It's looking at those filmmakers that kind of kept people entertained and whether it's the Coen brothers or Scorsese or Paul Thomas Anderson, just these kind of, uh, you know, filmmakers are able to like take wild swings and great departures in the things that they do and the type of tones that they break off and, it's hard for comedians to do that. I feel like, I, I feel like when they do it, like critics are like, you know, people, the, the, the industry wants to see you one way, you know? And so it, it's, it's harder. And I, I find that to be interesting to try to keep people on their toes about what you're up to next and make choices that don't make sense to, to the outside world. Absolutely. You got to hit them with curveballs. Every once in a while, you got to throw a curveball. Um, from a, from a comedic uh, acting standpoint, who does it for you? Who's the guy or the girl that makes you go, fuck, fuck, man. <laughs> They're funny. 
<laughs> I mean, definitely growing up, it was like Bill Murray and Eddie Murphy. I mean, those two guys that were just, I, I mean, I had all of like delirious, like memorized when I was a kid. And uh, two legends. And, and now, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, so, so many people. I mean, I love like Tim Heidecker. I love Dave Chappelle. I love you. I love, uh, you know, Edie Patterson, who I get to work with on Vice Principals in this show. I mean, she fucking cracks me up. I mean, Edie is fuck. Go, you gotta go back to Edie. Oh my God, man. Is it, is, well, I hope I wasn't saying 80 all these years, <laughs> by the way. Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, she's so fucking funny, so man. So funny. She really is. I mean, the first time I did a scene with her on Vice Principals, you know, we, we cast her and we started doing this scene. And man, I just could not keep my shit together. And I kind of pride myself on not, not breaking and just being able to kind of like keep it going. And I've like stood my ground with guys like Will Ferrell and these dudes who are just coming with hot lava and I'm just trying my hardest to keep it together. And man, she, uh, she's just so funny. I mean, and like her sensibilities, like totally just make me laugh. Like how her choices she makes, the how raw she gets. It's just kind of like exactly the type of shit that like gets me going. That just makes me laugh. She's talented. She's, she's extremely talented. I love that you gave her a shout out. Farrell did a number on me. Will did a number on me, man. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't, I, and I'm 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 good, Danny. I can I can stand in it. I can stay in it. I, I'm big on you know. This is your coverage. Let me make sure you get your shit right, Danny. Farrell. It's his eyes, man. I feel like it's his eyes. Like if you look into them, it, you're done. That motherfucker <laughs> did a number on me. It's the it's not just a commitment to the bit. There's he has a way of grounding the the ridiculousness right like he he takes the crazy shit and he grounds it and it's so absurd but he's so locked in it i when we were doing get hard he he fucking he killed me there's a lot of b-roll of me fucking up tapes there's a tremendous amount of b-roll of me fucking up takes man will will is uh he's one of the best in 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 that space of improv but i he love your names good. you know bill murray i mean when you said just people who've kind of inspired you bill murray eddie murphy you can't have a better fucking list um what's your relationship with judd are you and judd still close cool uh, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I don't like talk with him every day, but you know, he definitely was uh, crucial in like when my career was first starting to take off and uh, you know, I'll hear from him every now and then, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed working with those guys and working with him. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was going to say, I would love, I would love to see uh, now. I mean, rough house is the company, correct? Uh, your production company, rough house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to see a, a rough house, and I forgot what Seth's company is. Um, oh, Point Gray. Point Gray. Yeah, like you know, uh, uh, the dope thing about us now all having our own pipelines, entities, etc., is finding ways to to connect the dots, man. Finding things to to do together, heartbeat included right like just finding the things that make sense that you can develop there is no world where we can't do it we can do whatever the fuck we want at this point because ip is king and as we know from the studios to the streaming services they all need it man so throwing some shit on the wall let's see what sticks get in let's that think it. tank man i i've yet to work with you um you know in the full capacity um of of I, I think of what we both are now capable of. The whole world, they're eager to see the reunion of homeless guy number one and pawn shop employee. Yeah. <laughs>
He's talking about a movie drill bit Taylor that we did together, man. Uh, Owen Wilson was the star of this movie, and this was me and Danny's uh, first time working together. He said his second time receiving a check. This was a big role for me as well. By the way, we're glorified extras, but it's a, it's just a, it's any any role was a big role back then, and I remember just like this is it. This is the one that's gonna break me right here. You know, this is it. Just figure it out, Kev. Just figure out a way to get in there. You know, give them what you can. It's like every every role that I got back then, that, that was my mindset. Give them what you can. Get in there, make a moment of it, and and yeah. and, and, and it'll be good. Uh, but Danny, I'm serious, man. I would love to fucking figure it out, dude. You're so talented, so dope, man. And like I said, I'm not only a fan, but I've been a fan. So uh, all of the things that you've been doing, and and now knowing that you are back in the think tank, and and you guys are shooting Righteous Gems season two again. I don't know why I thought it was season three. I was hoping it was, it um, but it's dope as fuck. It's dope <laughs> as fuck that you are man congrats on that Thank and you. i love the decision uh making just behind you and your family man you got a lucky wife lucky kids you 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 put them first and uh and and that's how it should be so when i do this i take little pieces away man little gems and that's a gym that i took away today maybe i need to go fucking visit charleston south carolina just to see what the life is go. down there I'll go make a reservation of somewhere delicious. Yeah, instead of seeing a little kid, you're gonna see Kev little black ass on the skateboard. That's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna ride by with a fishing pole on the skateboard just to fuck with you. Holy shit, is that Kevin Hart on a fucking skateboard outside? I'm moving. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? Where we get inside the minds of amazing comedians and also people that just simply embrace comedy. And oh my God, today, what an amazing mind we got into. I hope you learned just as much as I did. And if you did, then that means that you're going to take away the fact that Danny McBride is just a real deal. A fucking good dude, an honest dude, and more importantly, a guy with a fucking good heart. A good heart, and he's living it for him, for his family, doing it right. Is the wrong way and the right way. God damn it, Danny McBride has found the right way. I'm a fan. Righteous Gym season two coming soon. Uh, Danny, anything else you want to tell people to look out for? That's it. Look out for Santa Claus. He's coming soon. There you go. Santa Claus coming soon. I love it. Danny, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you for doing this. Yeah, take care of yourself, Kevin. Good to talk to you, buddy. See you, man. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.